0: about lying, let's start off with some facts. We all do it. Politicians, of course, are amongst the worst. There's Watergate, the Clinton blowjob, Blair's confused attitude to the evidence on the eve of the war in Iraq. Widespread institutional deception plagues the front pages. Individually and collectively, we've been brought to our knees by the deceit of bankers. There's the shameful behaviour of the Catholic Church as it tried to protect its reputation and the scramble by the police to save themselves after the Hillsborough Stadium disaster of 1989. Police themselves are lied to every day. In one study by the Innocence Project, more than 25% of wrongfully convicted people had made a false confession. People lie to keep themselves out of prison but they also lie to end interrogations orientated around the presumption of dishonesty. Lies beget lies. Findings show that the bigger the brain, the more frequent the deceit. Lemurs are less sneaky than chimpanzees. Humans lie most. Those who are interested in lie detection estimate that the average person will lie three times within a few minutes of meeting a stranger, and between 10 and 200 times a day. Women are more likely to lie to make the person they are talking to feel good, while men most often lie to make themselves look better. Whether we're a 10-a-day fiber or tell a monstrous 200, fMRI scans show that when we do it, the prefrontal cortex is active. The prefrontal cortex is a little like Putin's FSB, preoccupied with conflict error detection, risky decisions and executive control. It also has a capacity, like the FSB's Director of Records and Archives, to retrieve those remote memories that we may wish were long forgot. The reason the prefrontal cortex is the site of deceitfulness rather than the more ancient, routine areas of the brain is that telling a lie requires twice as much effort as being honest. We must weigh what we want to hide, build a deceitful version behind which to hide it, give a convincing performance, and finally remember that lie for the rest of our lives. Research from the University of Southern California shows that structural brain abnormalities develop in people who habitually lie. Pathological liars have significantly more white matter than grey matter in their prefrontal lobe. Grey matter is thought. White matter is the communicative equipment between cells or the wiring between thoughts. This white matter is what gives liars a natural advantage, habitually telling lies as an effort, an effort that thought. Grey matter, or the worry, guilt and regret that we experience when we fib, inhibits. Researchers call the experience of these emotions cognitive load. Cognitive load is stress on the brain's power to manage itself. Paul Ekman, the psychologist who pioneered research into how emotions relate to our facial expressions, argues that this cognitive load leads to leakage. Leakage happens in the hands and the feet. Their movements betray us. The face we control with more vigilance. Chamberlain was to say when Hitler promised not to invade Czechoslovakia, I got the impression that here was a man who could be relied upon when he had given his word. It would be another few decades before we learned that psychopaths don't leak. Psychopaths are in a league of their own when it comes to lying. A study in 2009 found that they were two and a half times more likely than their saner counterparts to be granted parole. One could argue that this is less about having a better control of their deceit and more about self-belief. But for those of us who are not psychopaths, cognitive load is about the anxiety that we will leak and therefore be discovered. Researchers at the University of Notre Dame asked 110 people to take a lie detector test every week for 10 weeks, reporting how many lies they had told. By the end of the study, all the subjects lied less, and all reported improvements in their relationships and sleep patterns. They had fewer headaches and fewer sore throats. Lies.